Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, good morning. Welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Jer Noonan, a serial Irish entrepreneur. How are you doing, Jer? Hi, Ronan. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. First of all, tell us a bit about your background and what you've done in the past, and then we'll go on to what you do now in the future. Okay, well, Ronan, my background is uh, has always been in business development. I've set up a number of businesses in the last uh, 20 years, 18 years. Um, I've been involved in uh, technology, ICT technology networks. Um, I got into overseas property and I did very well at that. I then sold a number of uh, resales into the Russian market. And then in 2012, I set up a company called Moneybush, which was a peer-to-peer funding business. Basically, I was a matchmaker, I still am, where I match investors with uh, businesses that are looking for short-term cash for revenue-based projects. And that, in 2012, I set it up. It's still going today. And I suppose it took took off in 15. And... uh, in 2017, 2018, I started to pivot it where I, a number of businesses that I was involved in were coming back looking for more and more money. And it gave me the opportunity to get deeper involved in some of those businesses. And that's what I'm doing today. Is uh, Anything I'm involved in now has, has really sprung out of initially businesses having uh, taking money from Moneybush and have growing grown to a, a, a different level and I've got involved more and more in their businesses uh, from a business development role um, and I've actually set up two businesses out of that. One is StockSolve and the other one is ProfitGrow and ProfitGrow uh, promotes two brands of two of my companies. One is this sanitization equipment from the States uh, which is uh, aligned closely to our core client which is ViroProtect and yeah. um, and we've been doing that for the last six or nine months, um, uh, and it's going quite well. I, I, obviously, when COVID hit, uh, there was a great opportunity for this product. Um, I took uh, initiative myself, and I started to contact uh, a couple of contacts that I had, and I found that they were all interested in protecting or sanitizing their premises. So I, uh, I decided to kind of dig a bit deeper, and I came up with a rental model and a sales model in my own right, and push the product out in primarily into educational establishments. And uh, from there, in the last couple of months, obviously, the market has matured a little bit. Uh, people have become more knowledgeable and they want to have better protection. And we now have, are promoting not alone the, the equipment, but we're also promoting equipment uh, detergent with it that when you spray it, it can last for 24 hours or We've just recently got our hands on another product, which is actually approved by the Department of Agriculture in Ireland for 90 days. Uh, sorry, 30 days. It will be 90 yeah. days shortly, which allows us to spray a premises. And it's actually uh, sanitized for 30 days. And we're getting an awful lot of interest from that in the last six or seven weeks since we actually launched it on the Irish market. Um, so it's, that's really where, what I'm at at the moment. In the background, I have another, another brand, which is called Bar Dynamics. Yep. which we launched in February at the Hospitality Show in Dublin, um, which is for metering alcoholic beverages in bars and hotels, linking it to the cash register and allowing the owner to instantly see any discrepancies as they, as they materialise, which is very powerful. We got a, a, a great reaction when we launched in February. Unfortunately, with COVID in March, we've had to downsize that and we're going to relaunch it again in late January, um, but we have great interest in that at the moment from America and Australia. It's a, an Irish company that's Enterprise Ireland HPSU, uh, a certified or accredited, yeah. and um, it's dipping away nicely. But uh, obviously, 2021 will be the year for our dynamics to uh, commercially hit the market, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, I guess you're lucky that that bar dynamics and the, pro- and the other project you're involved with that does the sanitation cleaning. Both those are going to be a big hit during COVID because they can both use COVID as a way to put themselves in a positive way. Correct. Like I mean, we we, are, we have done installations of Bar Dynamics in COVID, 
in, uh, establishments that are actually closed. It, it, uh, owners have seen the benefit of actually putting it in for when they come back. Um, and obviously the sanitization stuff, stuff is uh, goes hand in hand with that. And um, we, when, the, when the last shutdown uh, ceased, we, were, we had a number of people who we hadn't been engaged with at all yeah. for a couple of months, ringing us, looking for solutions. And we were very busy. We'd worked seven days a week for two weeks. Two weeks prior to actually opening up, we were doing installations, as many as we could get done. And we'd taken on one or two staff as well to, to, to help us out. So it's, it's, it's been a good year. Yeah. Even though if, a difficult year for many, it's been a very good year for us. Well, for me, Biodynamics is the kind of product that when the government uh, body does an audit on the premises to make sure they're complying with regulations... It can actually tell yes. the tell the government what they've actually been doing sales wise and how they're coping with the, with COVID, etc. That's very that's very true because we just had recently got a, a five multi uh, location operator that's in the hospitality industry, and the reason they put the put the put our solution in is purely because of that. That uh, they feel that as they're open up, particularly in January, they may be asked to close at certain times earlier or whatever that they'll be at least able to print a report and, and prove that no alcohol has been served after a certain time in any one of their locations without actually having the man hours, man, man management, microman management in each location, making sure that it's done. So it's a, they see it as a major cost saving, number one, but also it'll tick the box in relation to all regulations. Uh, in relation to opening and closing times within their bars. Yeah, and, so and also, uh, sorry, also proves as well that they can't have lock-ins as well. Yeah, well, that's very true. I mean, the beauty of our product is, like, I mean, if a publican is at home and somebody pulls a pint or pours a, a gin and tonic for themselves, even the cleaner at 2 a.m. in the morning, it's logged. When the publican wakes up, he sees instantly a pint was pulled at 2 o'clock and he can he can track it down and make sure it doesn't hap- happen again. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's a multi... It, 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 kill, it, it solves a multitude of, of issues for publicans, really, you know? Yeah. I guess you could say it's a pub's version of contact tracing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. Well, to me, you've you kind of been lucky that you've, you've had two lucky sticks with, with that product and the clean product. They both hit and came at the right time. Yeah, and having said that now... <laughs> I mean, I've also re- been involved in the re-engine- financial re-engineering of, of a traditional tile and bathroom renovation business, which actually has done very, very well this year and, we, and has expanded and has taken on more staff and they've never been as busy as they are now. Um, and they've had a very, very good year. Um, they're based in Clare and uh, they cover from Dublin down to, to Galway, really. Um, and they have a full workbook in front of them. January and February is completely booked out at the moment for them in relation to installations. And that's a traditional business that you would expect would have suffered a lot in the COVID times of 20, uh, this year. So it's, it's just potluck, really. Yeah. Uh, we find that uh, the most unusual businesses have actually uh, survived and prospered in, the, in, in COVID. Yeah. In, in, so that's where we are. So we like we're, we're very happy. Like our, our our year has been very strong in all aspects of our business, really. You know. Yeah, but I guess um, as a serial entrepreneur, <clears throat> you've always managed to reinvent yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm constantly pivoting. <coughs> I mean, I, I like even when I was working yeah. back in my work days, I never stayed long enough to to change my company car. I was always moved on within three years. Um, it was just looking back on it, it was strange, but it's just the nature of me. I kind of like a challenge when I kind of find that it's plateauing out. Yeah. And I, I like to move on. Like, thankfully, in my, in my own case, I've sold one or two businesses at the right time. Um, just before they, before they got bigger, I suppose, but before they actually took me, took hold of me where I would have been stuck for a decade. Um, and it's, it's allowed me to keep nimble and keep on pivoting. And I yeah. suppose I'm 20 years getting to where I am at the moment, but yeah. it's, it's, it's a very nice place where I am right now. Yeah, because I can imagine that if you're in a business and you're with it all, 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 all the time and it has to grow, yeah. and you should realise if I want to grow any further, I can't do this and, and be a free spirit. So I've got to let it go. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I suppose what I've done in the last couple of years is that I, I've, 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 been, I've 
recognize that a few companies that I've got, got tied in with, they have skill sets that run their business. I can add to it, but yeah. I'm not tied to them. Um, while I'm very much an integral part of their management team and we're in the direction of it and stuff like that, I'm not, I don't have to be there five days a week or anything like that. Yeah. But most, most of the businesses I'm involved in, I would be in contact with on a daily basis, but I don't have set times. And the great thing is a lot of the guys that are involved in those businesses, they're not nine to five people. So we'd often have conversations at 10 o'clock at night or some of them are very early risers. I might be even having a call with them at half seven over breakfast. Yeah. And it's the vices that gets the day going and, you know, everybody, everybody's working well. And I guess also um, because these guys basically know what they're doing and have a well-run team, you're not always on their back. You let them do what they do best. Yes, yeah. Like, like I mean, I, I would be constantly there, there looking at the bigger picture, trying to figure out or help them to make sure that they they don't hit bottlenecks in certain, in certain things that, that can happen on a weekly or a monthly basis. <laughs> and just trying to put best practices in place and help them to think to grow and, and move along. Like I have a very typical, very good example of a, one of our companies that we're involved in now the gentleman that owns it, um, he had 100% of the company. Uh, he had 40 staff at one stage. And every Friday, his biggest fear was, would he have enough money in the bank to manage to pay the payroll? Yeah. And no matter how how busy they were, it was always, it was always a balancing act. And uh, two years ago, we decided to re-engineer that business. Now he has no access to the bank account. And he's like a man that's 10 years younger. He's bouncing around the place. Uh you know, he, he genuinely does not look at the bank account. The accountant inside has access to the bank account and I authorise any payments and that's it. And if there's any issue, he talks to me or I talk to him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it, finance is rarely a topic that comes up between us, which in his head is absolutely marvellous. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can imagine where he came from for 30 years, you know? Yeah, because I can imagine that finance can be the, the biggest worry in your mind. Can I pay the bills next Monday? Will, I, will yeah. my staff be able to come in this minute and work? How, how will their family survive? That kind of thing. And that, Correct. to me, is a big worry you want to have. It's credibility as well. Like, I mean, you don't, pay, you, don't, you don't pay wages on a Friday. Mm. It's a very different story on Monday morning. Um, you know, and it's a balancing act every week. You get through it, but you don't know how will you make it next Friday. Yeah. It just becomes part of life. And this particular individual, that's what he lived with for nearly 30 years of his life. Yeah. Um, while he was doing well, he still... There was times every year where he just felt, Jesus, will I ever get past Friday? Yeah. And he was just on a weekly cycle. And because of that, it was all short-term planning. And he was missing the, the bigger opportunities to actually really establish himself in, 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 the, in the market. And also, um, he was... And we've certainly seen it, see it now. Yeah, and probably also, he was undergoing things like he felt stressful. And, 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 and he'd go, why am I doing this? Where will I be next Monday? Yeah, yeah. And plus, because of that, then, he... Like, he the management weren't really given the tools to do their own job. Yeah, it was all short term fix and short term. You know, everything everything was based around the Friday or weekly scenario. Yeah. So people were, you know, it was frustration. Management not feeling like they had, they were empowered to do the job. It just was all. It just was all wrong. Yeah. But it was just necessary evil made it the way it was. And, and uh, you just re-engineered it. Got new new finance in managed it around we now have management management accounts we meet once a month uh, we talk every day uh, obviously I have control of the bank account on a daily basis yeah uh, and it works uh, and we're quite, like at the moment we're actually looking at next year of double trying attempting to double our turnover by actually acquiring another business and putting about 25 percent additional uh, growth into the existing revenue streams that they have which is amazing for a traditional business if you know what I mean you know yeah and for me, to kind of think of when this guy was, was doing it by hand to mouth, week to week, there could be high staff turnover because staff wouldn't know what was going to happen next week. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of them wouldn't be aware. Yeah. A few of them would be aware of how, how it was run. But behind the scenes, there was no depth to the business. And that's very scary for people that were in there for five and six years and, you know, with mortgages and young kids and didn't really realize how close to the abyss they were, you know, yeah. or the business was. For that matter, yeah, um, and, and, and with the best endeavors like that, with not the right practices in place, invariably jobs go wrong and more expenses isn't 
has to be spent to get the thing back on track. Yeah. Before you know it, you're losing a few bob instead of making a few bob. And I guess and now right, you have real problems. Yeah, and I guess right now in the pandemic, because businesses that are going through that because they're not ready to cope with the pandemic, and then how can they yeah. reinvent themselves? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a very scary scenario to be in. And yeah. A lot of business owners have been in it. And the ones certainly from the last crash, you know, most of my businesses that are that I'm involved in now would have all been in the abyss due yeah. to the crash in, in 2007, 2008. Yeah. And have, you know, they've lost multiples of their turnover. You know, they're, they're down, they're down, they're significantly down in 2011, 2012. That's why they came looking at Money Bush, which was a very expensive loan at the time. It still is. Um, but it was the only option they had. And they, they had to use it on their core nugget within their business so that they made money on top. Yeah. And that, a, lot of, a lot of them actually got back up and running on the basis of something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, putting best practices in place and just sticking to what they know that they can make the margin on and uh, getting rid of the, 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 the fluff, as they say, and sticking to their core competency. Yeah, and, and, I, guess, from there. and I guess right now, looking at what happened this year, the pandemic, it's probably looking yeah. like it's back... <clears throat> when we had the last downturn in 2007 and 8, when businesses basically well, didn't know what to do next, when he was in there. So right now they're probably yeah. thinking, what, what do we do now? Well, I think the biggest problem facing a lot of Irish small companies is that a lot of them are using the POP payment. Yeah. And they're, they're surviving. But when that's removed and the reality of a slower pace of activity, coupled with the infrastructure that they have, they're really going to be looking at a very hard, very hard options that they're going to have to choose from. Yeah. Um, and it's good. It, it, a lot of them are going to be have to be looking into the abyss and seeing how they're going to get themselves out of it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be very, very, very challenging next year for for many companies. Especially if if you're one that can't do remote working. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you look at all the traditional businesses and you know the restaurants and the bars and hotels and all that. You know, a lot a lot of those companies are using the pop payment pop payment at the moment to keep themselves afloat. So they have the staff; they're doing yeah. it a lot slower. They're not making as much revenue, but they're you, by no means are they anyway profitable. You remove the pop payment from the labour, and there's there's a serious hole there every week that they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do. Yeah, as well as the banks, if they're if they have financial implications. Or commitments, the banks aren't going to be too lenient with them either. If you know what I mean, so they're yeah. going to be hit on a number of fronts. So it's it's going to be very challenging. Yeah. For those type of companies, you know. Yeah, for me, I'm thinking if you own your own premises, you you're lucky enough. You haven't got any mortgage or rent to pay out, so it, it, you can you'll be in business. But if you don't, that's the problems are going to happen. Yeah. Well, I think that coupled with if you have to have staff. Yeah. You know, if you if, if you if you're heavily dependent on staff, labour is an expensive commodity in Ireland, and that's going to be an issue for companies that cannot you know downscale from a labour perspective. It's going to be a big issue. Yeah, because I, I know a few restaurants at the moment in Dublin that can't get staff at the moment because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, and I and I understand that, um, but it just it, it also shows how volatile the whole thing is. Yeah, you know, the, the staff are looking for the pop. The companies that are back working are reliant on the on the pop payment, and uh, you know when you remove that, which the government will do in twenty twenty one, there's going to be a lot of blank eyes looking at each other, going, "What the hell are we going to do now?" Yeah, because the thing is that pop payment can't last forever because of the costs to this no. state. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I, I can just see companies having to uh, either refigure what they're going to do and reinvent themselves. I'll just say, sorry, we have to close because uh, we're not able to uh, keep going. Yeah, but I do think a lot of companies, when they do look look at themselves long and hard, they'll have no choice but to pivot and to figure out some way of keeping some elements of their business open, and that's what they'll do. Yeah. And that's their core confidence, and they'll move on from that. Yeah. Uh, it's not all doomsday, but there will be a lot of collateral damage, I believe, Yeah. On you know around them. But the businesses may very well survive and grow because they'll be back to their core competence and they know they can survive with what they will be doing then Yeah, um, and just grow out of it and just like what happened in 2008 yeah because I'm thinking yeah if somebody is a restaurant there and didn't make good food if they can't sell it in restaurants they can pivot to sell it online instead and do takeaways yeah yeah 
there's plenty of ways to do it. Yeah. I was just talking to a company yes on Monday uh, who have clubbed, uh, teamed up with 14 other companies. And what they're doing, which is very interesting, is they sell, let's say, product by the carton or by the piece inside in their shop. Yeah. They're actually making a unit of measure. And we have one 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 that I know of is selling jumpers and what they've done you know the high-end v-neck jumpers golf jumpers yeah and what they've done is they've cut their price but they've made a unit of measure which is 36 jumpers yeah so somebody and what they're doing is they're putting the price out and they got three orders from Spain in the first week that they went they went out yeah. as a collective marketing team um, and as he said like he's making a few bob on each jumper it's not worth his while individually but when he sells 36 of them it's a nice little touch on the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, and he's twisting his stock. So, you know, you just got to think a little bit differently. And um, I see that more and more going to be the case moving into 2021. Yeah. For, com- I, for a lot of companies. Anyway, yeah. Because you know? I, I guess right now, the, you, people are now thinking about once Christmas is over, our worry is will we still be here next year? How can we keep our business going? And uh, what do we do yeah. to make sure that we actually gain business as well? Because some of our customers yeah. kind of won't be around anymore. Yeah. But you, you even look at what I'm doing in sanitization. Six months ago, I was selling a lovely machine that you spray. It kills the germs. You don't have to wipe it. Five minutes later, you can use, you can use the, the, the office or the bathroom yeah. there after. Again. And everybody was saying, Jesus, that's great, lovely. Today, I'm not selling the, I am using the same equipment, but nobody's interested in that. They're interested in the solution. How do I protect my premises for 24 hours or how do I even do it for a month? Yeah. So my business is actually more about the solution now, whereas six months ago, I had I had a piece of hardware that everybody thought was the best thing since sliced pan. And now it's about the solution. And it's because the market has evolved and I've had to twist in it to get it to, to, to remain relevant to my client base. Yeah. And, you know, more and more businesses will have to do, do the same. They won't be selling the way they did before, but that's fine. Just find a different way of doing it. Yeah. Um, and so the thing is... That's the challenge. I don't fear any of that. Yeah, and what you're doing is you're still involved in the cleaning ends, but in a different yeah. way. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, if I went in and I told people I'm selling a piece of hardware now to sanitize your place, they'd look at me as blankly as if I had two heads. Yeah. If I go in and say, look, I'm selling detergent, that solves the problem for you and the place is sanitized for 24 hours or whatever, thereafter, now I've got their interest. It so happens that it's done with the same machine. It's yeah. going to cost the exact same money, but it's a different way of selling it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, that's just the way, just, that's just the way it is. Every, every business has to look at what, they, what, what makes them relevant for now. Yeah. How it, do they get it across to their customer base that they're relevant now? Yeah, because if you're going in there and you tell them I've got this great machine that does this, they're going to go, yeah. actually... We're in a pandemic. We need more than just the machine. But if you're exactly. selling, selling the detergent and saying, this is what this does, but actually yeah. to use it properly, you've got to use the machines we have to do that. But it does a great job. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And I remember even when I was selling and renting these machines six months ago, I could see in the back of people's heads, yeah, I'll take it. But they had an itch. And when they scratched that itch, it's fine. The place is sanitized now. But how do I protect my workers today, or how do I protect my office when people walk through it today? If they have infection, how I'm not I'm no better than if I never use the bloody thing, yeah, or the hard the, the sanitization machine. But yet they went with it now because that's very much in their psyche. That's the problem you have to solve, not the sanitization. It's how do you protect their office for 24 hours? Yeah, and that's that's the the trick really, you know. Because I guess it's basically relevant. A year ago, it's like somebody coming into your office and doing a carpet clean. You get it done, and yeah. that last year, maybe you think, that's not done, I've got it out of the way and done with. And same with sanitation yeah. last year, you would have gone and done it. That's great, that's done. Yeah. But nowadays, yeah. it's going to be done on a more regular basis. Correct. And it's become more relevant. Yeah. And, and it's more in people's psychic. So they, they think, even if they don't understand it, they think they know more. So you need to, you need to, you need to have a better depth to your own offering that actually solves the problem in their head for them. Yeah. Um, I must say, since we, since we started promoting this product 20, that does 24 hours, I think we're at it three or four months, I don't think I've sold a single machine. I, I've never even had to talk price. Yeah. If you want this, here's the solution, bang. 
you know, they just accept that the machine comes with it. Yeah. So, whereas before, I was selling the unique the unique features of, of the machine and how fast it was and how much time it saved and all the rest. None of that is that relevant today. Yeah. What's relevant now is they have a solution. They spray it once, it lasts for 24 hours. Great. Yeah. That's and then exactly you're, what I want. Yeah, and then also now you're thinking of, oh, as well, can I make a spray last three days or four days, more than 24 hours? Will it kind of last longer between sprays? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we're just we, as I say, we just have another product coming out now that's going to that's approved for thirty days. Yeah. So you can you can spray a church. Yeah. And uh, it's done for thirty days. Well, to no. me, that's a game changer because when you do though, only spraying once a month, you don't have to tell everyone every day. Oh, by the way, between certain times in the office, we're we're, we're going to be closed because we're, we're going to be doing the respraying. And when it resprays, yeah. it takes up an hour or two if we can go back in again. Whereas now you can just do yeah. it once a month, and maybe on a weekend when it's not been used, for example. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly like. I spoke to four or five individuals in the last couple of weeks who actually see the benefit of actually setting up their own services in their area. Yeah. And are wondering about buying the solution for me, and I didn't even think of doing that. It's just somebody came to me and out of word of mouth from him. I have five people now looking around the country. I've actually set up their own sanitization servicing business. Yeah, like, like a franchise. Uh, based, based on a 30-day product. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking at it various different ways of, of working with them. Yeah. But at the moment, I, I'm trying to bin them up and, and I'm helping them with their first clients and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's just, you got, you got to keep your eyes open and just keep on moving with the times and, and keeping relevant. That's the main thing. Keep out front and keep re- relevant. As well. well, that's what makes a serial entrepreneur. apparatus. Well, Sir Lunsper always sees what's going on and, and now he's going to adapt. Hard learned. Yeah. yeah. Very hard learned, I must admit. Yeah, but that's a good I've thing. Gone, I've, gone down, I've gone down plenty of cul-de-sacs over the last 20 years, I can assure you. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. I mean, you, you've gone down there when you know again what not to do and what to do. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. I've seen the path of entrepreneurs and people who are in, in startups and I've been talking to them about what they're doing. And then I asked them, okay... Which one of his job was winning was news? What was Wozniak? Because what I mean, well, skill set wise, you both got the same skill set, you won't last long because you won't be innovative yeah. or think differently. You're thinking the exact same. You can't have that. Yeah. And when you and then the scenario is when you do grow and hit a bump in the road, because your skill set is, is the exact same, you're not you don't know how to handle it. Very true. Yeah. And when you do Very handle true. it, you, uh, you're gonna you're obviously gonna make a mistake and that could be uh, badly, but other entrepreneurs who have actually got different skill sets, when they hit a bump in the road, one guy will say, try it this way, see how that works, and in the future, when, ha- when it happens again, they know what to do. That's right. Yeah. Well, as, I, as, as a very good friend of mine, he's a colleague of mine in one of my businesses that I'm involved in, has always said, I have a great knack when I see a, when I see a roadblock, a lot of people who bang their head and try and get through it, I seem to always have a knack of actually getting around it yeah. with the least amount of pain. Yeah. And it's just something that's... that's is one of my skill sets, I suppose, is the way I look at it. Yeah, because I, I look at it when you get a roadblock. I, I look at it as uh, as, a, as an opportunity rather than a weakness yeah. or threat. Yeah, yeah. But the main thing is not get stuck at it. You need to figure out a way, a way of getting around it quickly. Yeah, because the problem is if you can get around that roadblock, you're doing something others haven't been able to do or can't do. Yeah. So that's, that's, you then sell that as an opportunity to, to your clients. Oh, by the way... Correct. If any of you had this problem I had last month, well, there you go. I got around. This is how I can There's do it for answer. you as well. It's very true. That's yeah. exactly the way, the way it is in the real world as well. Yeah, because I've seen people before not realising that uh, when they got a problem, they don't know what to do next. And they spend their whole life trying to get around this one small problem that if they sat down logically and, and didn't think of it as a pain, they thought of it as an opportunity and a way of soothing yeah. it. Great, but they don't bother doing that. Yeah. Like I, I noticed there a couple of weeks ago, we were under pressure in, to do with sanitization now yeah. in our sanitization business. And, uh, you know, I was thinking of taking on staff and training and stuff like that. And we sat down and we realized the best thing to do is let's see, can we find good caliber outsourced staff that can do telemarketing and social media and so forth. And that's, I came across a accounting pro there, Kevin DC. Yeah. And the caliber of his staff, like we, we have had significant inquiries come in from them with very little uh, training from ourselves. They seem to just grasp it yeah. with their own research. They asked us a couple of questions and off they went. And uh, 
like I, you know, to us, it's not. It mightn't be a long-term solution, but it's certainly a solution for the here and now. And uh, you know, it gets us to the next, to the next step on the ladder, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, without actually stopping down in tools and employing people and training them and all that type of stuff that, that to us is all lost time in yeah. a market that's moving so quickly right now. We don't know where we'd be in six months' time in this particular market, you know. That's when the Kevin's key strength. the opportunity, you know. Yeah, yes. when it, he's yeah. very good at doing that. He's very good at seeing an opportunity and, and helping you get around that yes. because there's businesses out there who don't know how to grow and uh, and the, like the new thing he's doing right now is uh, internships. And, right, yeah. and, and I, did, what I didn't realize was Kevin. Kevin actually has his background is HR. Yeah. So he's actually, you know, he's using his own skill set to find caliber people through internships. Yeah. Like I mean, I, I I spoke to one of the girls myself, and I was actually seriously impressed with the, her depth. You know, of uh, even her command over the over the phone, she really led me from start to finish on the phone call. Yeah. And I went, wow, this is this is exactly what I want. Um, and it was a no-brainer. And off we went. Like I think we spoke. Kevin spoke to me on a Friday. Yeah. We I spoke to two of the girls on the following week, and the following Monday, the two girls were working. Uh, for me, yeah. you know, true Kevin, um, and it was as quick as that, and very little resources of, of my time was spent in bringing them up to speed and all that type of stuff, which was fantastic. Well, he realised during the pandemic, people can be working remotely, and when you want someone to yeah. type you as an, as an intern of somebody else, they can't be with you in yeah. physically, so it's got to be done remotely. Yeah, and that's great yeah. what he's done. I really admire that 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 spirit to go. It can be done and will be done. You know, from what I can understand, Kevin Kevin has also found his niche. Yeah. And it, and it's working very, very well for him now in the last couple of weeks, a couple of months for him as well. And it's a win-win for both the, the girls that are employed and the boys. And uh, Kevin and myself, it's, you know, he's got a couple of clients like me on board. Yeah. And uh, it's a win-win across the board. And they're yeah. all different sectors. Yeah. So well, we can help each other as well, you know. Well, for me, I'm thinking of when the pandemic hit, Kevin thought this this is an opportunity to do something different, and he saw that. Yes. And did it. Others might think, "Oh no, woe is me! What what do I do now? Because we're in a pandemic. How do I cope? What do I do? Other people I know are in the same boat as me, so we're all stuck together." Whereas Kevin thought, "Okay, I see an iceberg coming. I want to be Titanic. I want to sail a different way and get around it." And he's done that. Yeah, yeah, and it's enhanced his business no no end. Because it, a lot, of, some of those people are actually using his core services as well. Yeah, that's where he sees the match for himself down the road. So it's it's a perfect bolt-on complementary service to his core business. Yeah, and I can see you with him having the same mindset. You've always had that. That you, you always find whenever there's an opportunity come along, you, you talk. Even though it's been in, in dangerous times, you noticed there's an opportunity here. I'm going to take away the bull the horns yeah. and go for it. Yeah, yeah, Kevin would have a very similar mindset to myself. Yeah. Um, we bounce off each other now and again, and it's, yeah. uh, it's always good. And that, to me, makes a serial entrepreneur somebody you can do that. I mean, when you get an entrepreneur, somebody who's done it more than two or three times and always bounces away, uh, bounces out of it and comes back stronger than ever. You've, you've done it so as Kevin, yeah. and I admire that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> For me, it was a case of necessity. Yeah. Looking back on it, it was, it was a long, a long road I travelled to get to what to where I am now if you know what I mean you know yeah but um, that's good though yeah it's interesting times ahead particularly in the businesses I'm involved in now 2021 is uh, very much about pushing pushing them forward rather than looking at an empty half empty glass we're looking at a half full you know yeah I, I always think of the glass is it's never half empty it's always half full yeah but a lot of businesses out there wouldn't even be looking at the glass until such time as it is half empty. Yeah. And then they're going, oh, Christ. Um, particularly, you know, it's a single owner and yeah. a couple of staff and everything goes through to one, to one, to one head, to one head, to one person. Like, it's an awful lot of responsibility for them to even sit down and figure out where they're going to go next. Yeah. Because of the daily worries of what's going on today. Yeah, well, um, well, for me, I look at it... a lot look, of Irish businesses like that. Yeah, so for me, when I look at it and I see a glass that's half half a... Uh, half full I think it's half yes. full and when, he, when it gets lower I think oh, that's okay I can just go back and get that glass refilled and I'm back to yes. where and, and, and that's me happy again so they can find a medium where they think the glass is, is half full but we can, we can refill it again correct and correct 
It's and, all... I, and I think a lot of I think that that's the part of the DNA of Irish entrepreneurs. You know, guys that are, that left their jobs and they they went out on their own and they yeah. risked it. They took a risk. You know, a lot of them survived out of necessity, and out of that they had to pivot. They didn't even understand what they were doing, but they they found a niche and they they, they just kept scratching it. Yeah. Because um, the Irish market is so small, they they really have to really be tunnel vision to actually survive in the first place. Yeah. Um. And that's what that's what makes them so good. I think a lot of them is that they uh, nothing lasts forever. And they you know they, they have to be constantly looking at the next opportunity or where they're going and stuff like that. Yeah, because if you're only looking at the Irish market, so that's it. You got to change and adapt. And maybe yeah. think, can I take this further field? Like what you're doing with the, your new product to do with the back and check the uh, amount of drinks sold yeah. in the pub restaurants. That is something that yeah. you can you can sell further field, not just Ireland. Yeah, well, we, as I said, we have interest at the moment. We've, we've signed contracts with America. Uh, we're talking to, uh, to our second distributor out there, and he, he's got access to 25,000 uh, licensed premises in North America. He yeah. sells to at the moment. You know, it's huge. You know, a, a slight touch into any of those, any of those uh, types of distributors makes the business here yeah. ginormous from an Irish perspective, you know. And even the company in Australia... Like they have Sydney Opera House as one of their key clients. Yeah. Um, you know, they're very reputable and we're not even established here in the Irish market. Yeah. But they can see the value. We can certainly talk the talk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's, it's great. You know, it's a great buzz for the company in such a bad time. And we launched in February and, you know, we just can't do anything here. Um keep on furling away it took us a couple of months to kind of get traction in the states but now that we have we like as i say we have one of the contracts already signed um you know 2021 irrespective of what happens in the irish marketplace we'll do very nicely because of our connections abroad now you know yeah which is fantastic yeah because i see now that when a company starts in ireland and they want to long-term wise go abroad i would say think of ireland as a small state in america and then once you prove it works yeah. here and you go to America and you say, well, we've done it in Ireland. And Ireland is equivalent to your small state in America. In fact, we've done right. it there. We can do it anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And the efficiencies over there, like I, I worked in America as a bar, as a wait, waiter back in, back when I was in college and yeah. they used to get paid a dollar an hour and live on your tips. Yeah. And I had a great lifestyle because I, I finally figured out that it was all about volume. Yeah. And obviously, the more people that sit down, bums and seats, and you're able to turn it faster. Um, and I did nicely out of it. And I, like the establishment only owed me a dollar an hour. They paid you every night. And if there was any problems with your table, you'd know, to, you'd know a job the following day. Yeah. And that's, you know, when you're in that type of mentality, you've only one way, and that is to perfect it for yourself. Yeah. And then just move on. And that's, it was a great grounding. I stayed two years in actual fact. Yeah. And it was a great grounding for myself at the time. Uh, but it just shows you America is so vast compared to you know you have no idea for people that haven't been there it's yeah. not you can't you, can't, you could never fathom the size of it or the, yeah. the, the volume of business that could be achieved out there you know I can imagine if you're working in Ireland on the same premise that you're getting a dollar or a year an hour and then getting tips that wouldn't work here <laughs> no 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 and certainly if you, if you had a problem at the table uh, like I like if somebody walked on your table in America you were expected to pay the table irrespective yeah. of what the bill was yeah so that you kept your section completely 100% squeaky clean or you didn't have a job the following day. Yeah. And some of the guys that were working in there were there with living and rented accommodation with wives and, and kids and it was perfectly normal. That was just the way they did it. Yeah. They just, they knew, they did things properly, they'd have their job and that was it. Um, and I saw plenty of guys come in with a hangover or whatever and find they have no job the following day because they left. Yeah. something slipped on their tables and just no mercy, God. Good luck. Yeah, I, I guess you got to. How long you were there? Yeah, you got to stay focused, which is basically yeah. a key trait of an entrepreneur. Always stay focused on what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, it was a, a great learning curve for me anyway. Yeah, because I can imagine, I can imagine American comes up to Ireland and they're going to restaurants or going to a business. They're thinking an American mindset. I got to pay a tip. Yeah. and they might get a shock when they go to a, a pub and they're buying drinks. And they and they they realize, hold on. So we're not tipping per drink. We're tipping. Yeah. Where are you? Whereas America, every time you get a drink, you go and tip the barman. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
And my father found the best way to do that was was basically just to open a tab, and then okay, like, yeah, you 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 pay tip, but it works out in the long term wise. You're not paying as much per drink, but the barman still is still getting paid as well. Correct. Yeah, and invariably they're entitled to give out free drinks, so your tip typically ends up you're getting free drink for. Yeah. So, for the guy that's actually sitting down and having the tab at the tab, he's. He's doing better than the guy that's going in and just buying buying cash over the over the counter. Yeah, and um, it's but, a it's a mindset that we don't have really here, but I can see more and more people going to America, coming back from America, and they suddenly realise what we're doing wrong and what they're doing right, and they bring it in, into into Ireland. But you think about it, like I mean, I went over there, no experience. Yeah, and within five or six weeks, if I didn't, if I was, if I wasn't proving my way. I was going to get. I was going to be fired. Yeah, but in actual fact, what they what they were doing was they were priming each and every one of those staff members, from the bartenders to the waiters to the busboys. Everybody had an entrepreneurial spirit because yeah. it was all about maximizing your buck. Yeah. So, you know, without them even training you, you were on that treadmill. Yeah. So it's a, you know, American. There, there is a lot to be said about that type of stuff, um, which which. Uh, our generation, or our kids' generation, don't necessarily get here in the Irish market, you know, to get a job, but they're not necessarily put in part of an entrepreneurial push. Yeah. It's something that they have to take a, a bigger risk at when they decide to do it themselves at some stage, you know. Yeah, and I guess when you're at college here, university, and you go to America for summer with your J1 visa, that's where yeah. you get the grant for that. Yeah. Yeah. I could say, like, I, I put four four uh, students out the year before last out to, out to uh, New York and yeah. they all got jobs in in, in, uh, in bars yeah and uh, you know they came back their mindset was completely different they had to work they knew if they didn't work hard they didn't get paid you know and before they knew it they were working to make more money not to not to just live yeah and then you know they had, a, they had an extra little bounce about themselves yeah which is, which is all great. Like, no matter what discipline they were going to into life, that, that'll stand to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they've actually seen <clears throat> how it's done in, in America. And when we live in America, yeah. it's all about keep betting yourself. Yeah, yeah. You have to. Like, I mean, no, nobody's going to protect you over there. Yeah. I mean, when I was there for two years, you know, the whole idea was, you know, if something happened, if I got sick or if anything else, I could lose my job because I, did, I wouldn't fill the slot. Yeah. So you know, you you were always saying, well, you know, do I have enough money in the bank account to, to get a flight back to Ireland? <laughs> yeah. You know, you were always trying to be ahead of yourself. I was putting you under pressure and saying, right, not but tonight. I'm going to earn that extra few bob because it's there to be earned. So let's take it. Yeah, and also say with health insurance, you know, when you're there and you're sick, how can you afford to look after oh, you, yourself? Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You can't, unfortunately. Because I had a friend years ago who was working in America and got knocked down by a car. And he said, yeah. metal costs were through the roof, but because he he was a good sales guy, he was able to cover that. Yeah. But normally, you know, yeah. you, you couldn't do that. Yeah. Well, my, my brother is a prison officer in the States, and his son is 18 now. But yeah. when he was an 18, he was a, a sales guy in a, in a car garage in Seattle. Yeah. And his son was unfortunately born early. Yeah. Uh, 25 weeks, bloody, bloody, blah, a couple of weeks in, in intensive care or whatever. Child. And when he was coming out, he was asked to sign a form, which he did, which he didn't understand. And it was basically that he took entire liability for 230,000 euros of medical. Uh, now, he had medical uh, insurance, yeah. but he didn't have sufficient medical insurance. And he paid, he signed his name to 230,000 euros of dollars. Yeah. And they came after him for it. And he had to go into the equivalent of chapter 11 for four years. Yeah. Just because his son was born early. Yeah. And he had, and in his head, he had done everything right. Like he was paying seven or eight grand a year for his medical insurance. Yeah. He thought that was sufficient, and it would be in normal circumstances, but it didn't give him the premium service. Yeah. And when his son was born, unfortunately, he had no choice but to yeah. sign on the dotted line. That's it's, you know. Yeah, that's kind of scary. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, you know, all those type of things. To me. You know, in, in entrepreneurship and all this type of stuff, you know, you're constantly thinking of the what is. Yeah. But you got to put them to the side and just work on what you've got and keep on 
keep on trying to protect these little these entities as you're going along, you know. Yeah, and also make sure everything that you sign, you know what you're signing as well. Most definitely. Yeah. I had a, I had an instance earlier on this year where a guy had signed a PG. Things went bad and came, came to me. And I said, do you realize what you signed? He says, I did, but I didn't at the time. How yeah. do I get out of this? I said, you, you don't. Yeah. And he looked at me as if, why can't you help me? I said, yeah. PG, with a bank, I'm sorry, but yeah. I have you. You know, just be very, very careful what you sign. Yeah, and at times maybe it's last resort, is, is, is that? And then you got to think, well, well, and at that time when you're under pressure, you just don't think, you just sign it. Yeah. And a lot of people did them as favours for other people. Yeah. They came back to haunt them, which yeah. is even worse again. They got no benefit out of it. And yet they're on the hook. Yeah. You know. Especially if you go to your parents and ask your, ask your parents with the mind. Exactly. To help you out yeah. with, with signing this pension fund. And then they're done. And suddenly they realise, oh no. Yeah. They're on the hook. Yeah. And how do you tell your parents they're on the hook for something that they, uh, it's going to wipe them out? Yeah. Like it's 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 uh, it's it's it can be very scary. Yeah. I mean, I I I I would be, I would be very very. I always get legal advice with any contract now that I that I that is put in front of me. Yeah. Or that I want to draw up. Um, and I make sure the other party is fully aware of, of their commitments to the contract uh, before they sign. Yeah, I guess it's where they because it's important. Everybody need everybody needs to know exactly where they stand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and weigh up the risk for themselves. Um, it's uh, just to me it's, yeah. it's plain fair making sure every side fully understands what they're doing you know yeah I guess why they say never mix, mix family and business yeah yeah and, <laughs> unless you make a Corleone you don't want to bother doing that because you know there's going to be problems in the long term because yeah. anything you can go wrong will go wrong yes the old story and particularly yeah. with Irish businesses because they're, they're, they're kind of a bit lax and they're best endeavours and sometimes you know some something very sharp can be put in the, in the middle yeah and nobody really understands what they've done but they're just they'll continue on anyway and yeah. hope for the best that comes back and it can come back and bite them in the ass and that's what you don't want you don't want a scenario where suddenly two two uh, close brothers were best friends and suddenly you're are more enemies because of, of, of one mistake. Yes. It's, uh, yeah, it's just, but it, it's just in the free nature of, free spirit of Irish entrepreneurs. I think a lot of them are kind of operate to best endeavours. Yeah. You know, and, then, and you can't blame them because they're not experts in everything. No. And they're under pressure. And, you know, there's very little resources that they have around them. But they can't cover. They can't tick all the boxes. Maybe some of them turn out like virtual gamblers. That <laughs> yeah. They take the best. They take what they think is the best option, and off they go with very little due diligence. You know. And that's the thing nowadays with this pandemic, <clears throat> due diligence yeah. is going to be the mo most important thing in your arsenal to be able to do. Yes. Yeah. Like I suppose the, the great thing that we've done with our with the companies now is that because we actually have structure management accounts, we're not under pressure. We literally, you know, there's no urgency to make a decision here yeah. and now about something because it's all planned for. Yeah. And, you know, if something pops up, we can always have a conversation, say, okay, look, we won't agree it, but we'll have it in place for the for a management meeting. And it's nice and relaxed and everybody has a right, can get their, put in their, put in their spoke. Yeah. And it's not a rush job. You know, and you'd have a lot of people like suppliers and stuff like that trying to give you special deals and stuff like that. We're going, yeah, yeah, but let us think about it. And we find invariably we can get something better or we can do, we, at least we can do what's right for the company by just not going with the flow and just sitting down and, and, and planning it out what's best for the company. Yeah. Um, and it's, it works from yeah. our perspective anyway, you know. Because I guess, Jerry, you're thinking long term rather than short term. Yeah, well, you're talking medium term anyway, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like, like a lot of the businesses I'm involved in would have gone from daily crisis management into now being, you know, proper management accounts and monthly meetings and stuff like that, which is a mile away from where they used to be yeah. even two years or three years ago. Um, and what they were originally founded on was crisis management, you know. Yeah. Um, 
it's a, it's a, it's nice for the owners. It's nice for us that we're like I'm getting old, and the truth too. I don't need to, I don't need crises on a daily basis. If you know what I mean, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's nice to be involved in companies that are just. We know we're not going to set the world alight, but we're going to do a nice solid momentum here, and he, and the business is going to progress, which is a lovely way to feel. The reward at the end is just the the cream on top, you know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we one of our companies there is a number of tradespeople, and you know even. I paint them properly and, you know, buy them lunch or whatever the story is, whatever it's happened. You know, you, they see that we're trying to be respectful with them. Yeah. And we're not trying to get the last ounce of flesh off them. <clears throat> and, you know, because of that, I feel we're all on the one side of the fence. It's all about sorting out the customer, get paid, and we'll all move on. And we're all... And if you find the lads, will, the lads will do that extra little bit to just make sure it's done right. Yeah. So that's all you can ask for. I, you know I mean, we're all working on the one side of the fence. I guess just tell them we're all in the same boat here. Let's, let's yeah. not sink, let's sail on together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in that particular company, four of the guys working there, all they wanted to do during the pandemic was be paid. They didn't, yeah. do, didn't care how much they had to work, and they were so grateful that we didn't drop their wages. And there was days that they were only working four days a week. We still paid them the full wages. Um, you know, yeah. uh, now, now that there's a pressure points on certain labours, like none of those staff would, would even entertain another job. With a, with, with a competitor because they know we're you know they're part of us and they look, we look after them we change their vans and you know we'll, whatever happens we, we we have their back as much as they have ours no? yeah well, which is nice Jared that's, that's, that's been great to hear that how you managed to over the years reinvent yourself and have yeah, like, and have like let yeah. nine lives be cap with nine lives <laughs> yeah I guess I've certainly like I suppose from my early days when I was in logistics, which was a great training ground into technology, overseas property, back into working for myself. I mean, I've, I've been involved in many different businesses uh, in the last 20 years. Um, yeah, it's just part of it was about survival. Now now it's the nice time. Right? Yeah. Now it's about just building on what, what we have and keeping our eyes very focused on the road and yeah. keeping relevant. I suppose the main thing that every every business out there has to do now is be relevant. Because if they're not relevant, they're going to find it very hard to survive. Yeah, because to me, it's more important now with the pandemic. How do you make sure yeah. people still want to use your service? Correct, yeah. And if they don't uh, at the moment, you got to uh, be able to pivot so that they can use it. Yeah. Uh, like I, I think of that guy in the UK only during the week and he's selling us 72 or 36 jumpers yeah. into Spain you know as an export in his head he's a small little shop or outlet in Birmingham and he's under pressure and now he's sold 36 jumpers and his brain now is thinking how do I sell more of these elsewhere in this unit yeah and it's very good costing and he's made a few bob and it's not the customer's making a great deal because he's not paying the RRP price and everybody yeah. wins yeah so <clears throat> It's uh, it's very interesting where it's going to go. All right. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, I think basically one other thing as a podcast, or you think you've actually said enough. Very good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, I guess basically. Well, all right. That, oh, sorry, on that note, we 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 can say uh, thanks for a great interview, and it was great to get some insights into a serial entrepreneur, especially in the past year, what they've had to go through and what you've had to go through. Thank you, Ronan. Thank you very much for having me on. No problem, Jer. Have a, have a great day and good luck next year. And hopefully next year will be an even better year for you. No doubt. Right. Hopefully it will. And I'll talk to you soon. Right, See take you care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.